the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell voices support for the bipartisan gun violence bill. I intend to support it. I think it's progress for the country. Historic flooding in Yellowstone National Park. Over the past day or so, these waters rose to levels that, well, folks here haven't seen in the past 100 years or more. A spike in diesel fuel may further stifle the economy. And if we go under and we can't afford to to move freight, you're going to see a lot of empty shelves. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, June 15th. I'm Mike Scott. A pivotal battle is raging in the Ukraine. Kyiv is warning that its forces are losing between 100 and 200 soldiers each day, with hundreds more wounded as Russia seeks control over the eastern and southern portions of that country. The most brutal fighting in Ukraine is ongoing in the strategically important city of Severodonetsk. The taking of that city would allow Russian troops to not only push west into the Donbass region, but likely further into Ukraine. Russian forces have relied heavily on an intense artillery campaign in the Donbass and sending ground forces to attack vulnerable communities. Ukraine on Tuesday said its military forces inside that city continue to hold Russia at bay from gaining complete control of Severodonetsk. CBS foreign correspondent Chris Livesay explains the situation inside the city. If this city falls, then they lose that crucial region of Luhansk, which is half of the Donbass region. And that's like the refocused target of Vladimir Putin. So ever since they failed miserably to capture Kiev and, and northern Ukraine, they, they completely redirected their military efforts on the Donbass region. And so if this city falls, then in one way of looking at it, you could say they've achieved half of their latest objective. But it's definitely not as easy as Vladimir Putin thought it would be. Uh, Severodonetsk was supposed to be a speed bump on the way to encircling Ukraine's forces that are amassed in this area. But uh, they've proven to be really hard to overcome. And right now they're battling in in block by block street fights, block by block street fights. Livsay also says that a key bridge into and out of Severodonetsk has been destroyed. That bridge being destroyed, it cuts both ways. So first of all, you have about 100,000 people who are effectively trapped inside of Severodonetsk as a result of that bridge being destroyed. But it also means that the Russians' best way of getting in or through the city has also been destroyed. So they're going to have to mount uh, a temporary bridge in order to access the city or to leave the city from where they would have uh, crossed that bridge. And they've uh, not done a very good job of that in the past. So Severodonetsk 
seems to be shaping up to be the same kind of place that Mariupol was. Livesay explains what Ukrainian forces desperately need to keep on fighting. Guns and ammo, they need Mm. both of them and they need them yesterday. In fact, they've launched a new appeal today saying they want, or rather they need 1,000 more howitzers, uh, 500 more tanks, and 1,000 more drones, uh, as well as other heavy weaponry. So uh, the big problem that we're hearing from uh, advisors and soldiers on the ground is that uh, the Ukrainians have the tenacity and the will to go on a counteroffensive, but they're so bogged down in the trenches by the, this long-range artillery that they're facing from the Russians that they, they simply can't. So it's extremely frustrating for them. They can hold ground. They want to recapture more of it, but they can't. And so they're desperately waiting for uh, more of these advanced long-range weapon systems that the Pentagon has promised to Ukraine, but it appears to still be uh, weeks away. A water outage in Texas during an unprecedented heat wave. The city of Odessa, Texas, is currently dealing with a water outage as crews work to repair a water main break. So yesterday, we had a major uh, water break in the intersection of uh, 42nd and San Jacinto. This occurred approximately about 6 p.m. Uh, crews have been actively working on isolating uh, the uh, the break on the line through valve a valve system that we have in place. Crews, however, were unable to isolate the line. As a result of that, because of the critical nature of the loss and pressure, we were compelled to take the plant offline to begin the repairs that are ongoing as we speak. Water levels have reached a point a bowling notice has been issued and is ongoing as we speak. The city of Odessa today set up a water distribution site that we're calling pods. At this time, the city hasn't said what the reason is for the broken transmission line. But according to the city, water crews are working around the clock to fix it. A disaster declaration has been issued, and crews are working to provide water to places like hospitals and nursing homes. Odessa Mayor Javier Joven has said bottled water is being sent from central Texas to Odessa to help in the water crisis. While the city doesn't have a specific time in place for when water will be restored, officials during a press conference hoped it would be fixed by Wednesday. The water crisis comes as more than 100 million Americans are being warned to stay indoors, if possible, as a heat wave settles over states stretching through parts of the Gulf Coast to the Great Lakes. The National Weather Service Storm Prediction Center in College Park, Maryland, says a combination of heat advisories, excessive heat warnings, excessive heat watches, and more will impact with record-setting temperatures that are expected to last through the midweek. Meteorologist and National Weather Service staffer Tony Fracasso says the record highs that the West Coast saw over the last couple of days are now moving toward the East Coast. It's still hot in the Southwest, but um, just not record heat. So there's a lot of, a lot of warm air, but uh, the focus has been shifting to the, uh, to the east, so basically the eastern half of the country. Fracasso says high temps will roll through much of the country. Parts of the Southwest, the Rockies, and stretching from the upper Midwest, Great Lakes, down through the Midwest, into the Southeast, um, all those areas are under uh, various types of heat, either advisories or watches or warnings. 
Fracasso and the National Weather Service say watch out for those heat advisories. The hottest temperatures and the most records will be from basically around Minneapolis, southeastward towards, um, say, northern Georgia and uh, north South Carolina. Yellowstone National Park closed as it sees historic flooding. Yellowstone officials are assessing the damage caused by a deluge of flood water, forcing the evacuation of parts of the iconic National Park just as the summer tourism season is ramping up. A torrent of rain combined with a rapidly melting snowpack caused Monday's flooding, which cut off electricity and forced the closure of all entrances to the park. Some of the worst damage happened in the northern part of that park. Park Service rangers showed photographs of a landslide, washed out bridges, and roads undercut by floodwaters. Fox Weather's Max Gordon explains the situation on the ground at Yellowstone. We have been seeing large pieces of debris floating down the river. Over the past day or so, these waters rose to levels that, well, folks here haven't seen in the past 100 years or more. Uh, Now, over the past day, essentially, this river rose over its banks, destroyed bridges, even floated away homes. Luckily, the one that we're standing next to right now is all right, though the river did come dangerously close. Right now, the waters are receding, but it is leaving quite the mess. You can see this yard right here where there's still mud from all the water that flowed here. And check it out. Folks here have to do a lot of cleanup right now. You can see all this mud. And I want to show you inside this home right here. Look at that. All that mud and muck in there. Just a big old mess. Folks in this neighborhood have had to spend the day mucking out their homes. Gordon also explains why the Yellowstone region is seeing this historic flooding. Flood warnings from the National Weather Service remain into effect into the evening. Some areas here picked up around five inches of rain. This combined with two to five inches of snow water equivalent melt to create flooding conditions that the National Weather Service says hasn't been seen before in some areas. This created a dangerous situation. According to the Montana National Guard, 12 people had to be rescued via helicopter on Monday with more rescue operations still underway. There's been serious flooding in the town of Livingston, where we are, as well as in the town of Red Lodge. Also in southern Montana near Yellowstone National Park, Yellowstone is closed until at least Wednesday and the park had to be evacuated. According to the Park Service, there have been numerous bridge and road failures with mudslides and rock falls causing significant damage. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell announced his backing Tuesday for his chamber's emerging bipartisan gun agreement, boosting momentum for a modest but notable election year action by Congress on an issue that's deadlocked lawmakers for about 30 years. At a news conference, the minority leader says he'll back a gun reform bill if it reflects the framework reached by bipartisan negotiators. If this framework becomes the actual piece of legislation, it's a step forward, a step forward on a bipartisan basis, and further demonstrates to the American people that we can come together. Leader McConnell says right now he's comfortable with the framework reached on gun reforms. If it leads uh, to a piece of legislation, I intend to support it. I think it's progress for the country. 
Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says Senators Chris Murphy and John Cornyn are busy turning their framework into actual legislation. We all know that between a framework and a draft is a lot of work and potential pitfalls. But I spoke to Senator Cornyn this morning and Senator Murphy, and both have a great desire to move as quickly as we can, and that is my desire as well. The Connecticut Senator Murphy says he does not anticipate any issues with converting the framework into an actual bill. We are right now in the process of drafting this legislation, but the heavy lifting is done. All we're doing now is taking a framework and putting it into legislative text, and I'm confident that we can get there and get there soon. The third January 6th committee hearing scheduled for Wednesday has been postponed. The panel in a statement Tuesday did not offer an explanation, but a source familiar with the move said it was the result of scheduling conflicts. The postponement comes as a new poll suggests most voters are not watching the hearings. We get more details from our Daybreak Insider on Capitol Hill, Bernie Bennett. While the majority of voters believe the congressional investigation of the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot is important, most will watch little, if any, of the committee's televised hearings. A new Rasmussen Report's national telephone and online survey finds that 20 percent of likely voters say they'll watch all the TV coverage of hearings by the special committee appointed by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to investigate the so-called J-6 Capitol riot. Another 14 percent expect to watch most of the televised hearings, but 22 percent say they'll only watch some of the hearings, and 39 percent say they'll watch none of the TV coverage. Bernie Bennett reporting. The committee's next hearing will take place Thursday, June 16. More and more Americans are feeling the pain of increasing gas prices every time they pull up to the pump. However, a surge in the cost of diesel is adding to economically damaging price rises just about everywhere else in the economy. The national average price of diesel hit a peak of 5.72 a gallon this week, up 75 cents over the past year, according to data released Monday by the Energy Information Administration. This is one of the sharpest fuel cost increases on record. That increase in the price of diesel is coursing through the U.S. economy, helping push price increases in the world's largest economy to 40-year highs. Shipping company Iron River Express's owner Austin Smith joined Fox Business discussing the price of diesel and how he believes it's impacting the economy. You know, this is this is just my humble opinion, but uh, you know, I foresee that we're going to have empty shelves. You know, we <laughs> there's going to be larger companies out there that can stay in business that you know they they have the the funding or they've prepared for this, uh, but. All of these small trucking companies, which is a good portion of, of what moves freight across the country is, is independent owners, uh, they're going to go under. And if, and if we go under and we, and we can't afford to, to move freight, you're going to see a lot of empty shelves. You're going to see, you know, and this is, again, just my opinion, but sure. I think we're going to see a lot, of, a lot of panic, a lot of chaos, because uh, people aren't going to be able to get the basic necessities. Smith goes on to describe how he straddles a fine line where if he passes on the cost of fuel to who they are hauling for, it will add more stress to a strained economy. 
we kind of walk a fine line here. If if we increase our, our, our prices for transportation to the farmer uh, or the dairyman or, or whoever it is that we're hauling for, there's a potential we could put them out of business. And if we put them out of business, then then we're just hurting the, the economy even further. President Joe Biden told the largest federation of labor unions Tuesday that he's working to rebuild the U.S. economy around workers. It's an attempt to draw a contrast with Republicans who have increasingly attracted blue-collar labor union voters. Biden says his top economic priority is to lower the cost of vital things. Gas is up and food is up, which we're going to get down, but there's other things we can do. Meantime, Tennessee Congresswoman Diana Harshbarger says the president should take the blame for high inflation. The sad truth is that the President Biden's irresponsible and expensive policies, American families are paying more for so much less. And this summer, we're on track to experience the worst inflation in 40 years. SpaceX is closing in on the next major milestone in its Starship rocket development as the company works to complete environmental impact requirements outlined this week by the FAA. Elon Musk says that SpaceX's plan to launch a gigantic, futuristic rocket ship into orbit will be ready by their July deadline. Daybreak Insider's John Scott has more details on that story. The FAA concluded an environmental review Monday of Elon Musk's Starship base in Texas. The agency saw no significant environmental concerns, but is requiring more than 75 actions to reduce impacts to the region. The FAA says it's no guarantee a launch license will be issued since other factors still must be met at the Boca Chica site. Starship is the most powerful rocket ever built and meant to carry people to the moon and Mars. John Scott reported. And finally, Korean boy band BTS celebrated its ninth anniversary with a shocking announcement. The group is going on hiatus. The superstar pop group broke the news during FESTA, their live-streamed annual anniversary event. The K-pop sensation said they decided to take the time to pursue solo projects. Billboard Music has all of the details. Right on the heels of releasing their new anthology album, Proof, the men of BTS have announced an indefinite hiatus. Billboard reporters went on to say why one of the group members felt it was time to take a hiatus. After singles like Dynamite and Permission to Dance, he lost the message he wanted to tell the world through BTS. But fans shouldn't fret, because the door is not closed on a BTS reunion in the future. But J-Hope left us with all the hope for a new chapter with BTS. The band thanked their fans and urged them to think of this as a necessary step for the group. Member J-Hope saying BTS will be stronger that way. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. 
ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.